This fall, Walk with the King podcast is walking through a new three-part series focusing on three distinct parts of the Bible, Deuteronomy, Psalm 107, and Ephesians chapter 1. It's a fresh transition to a very special series we're planning for the month of November. Until then, stay tuned, and thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much, and hello again, radio friend. How in the world are you? Yes, I use the word friend in the singular because <clears throat> as I face these microphones, I'm aware of the fact that I'm talking to individuals. And you have your own needs and your own burdens, and in some cases your own heartbreaking sorrows and your own hopes and your own fears. And so we're not a crowd of people, we're we're just together one by one, and I've just finished praying that somehow in these next few moments the love of God and the wisdom and blessing of God might be real as we look into God's holy word together. Thanks for being there on the listening end. I appreciate you. Uh, look with me, if you will, at Psalm 107. There's a key word in this psalm that gives us a little insight into how we ought to approach it. And it's the word then. Verse 6, then they cried unto the Lord. Verse 13, then they cried unto the Lord. Verse 19, then they cry unto the Lord. Verse 28, then they cry unto the Lord. And uh, then the last occasion when you see the word then is in verse 30. Then they are glad, because they're quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. I want to think with you about the different situations that lead to prayer and answer to prayer and, and fulfillment in your own heart as a result. Okay? It says, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Then in verse 8, O oh, the men would praise the Lord. Verse 15, O oh, that men would praise the Lord. Verse 21, O oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And verse 31, O oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. So you have a combination of prayer, well, pressure, first of all, and then prayer, and then praise. Small thought here. God allows you to get into pressure situations so that he can show himself strong on your behalf. The Bible says, therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. God waits until you're ready for him to bless you. Just as you wait as a parent until the time when your child can appreciate a gift that you want to give to him or her. So God waits until we're ready to receive his grace. And God allows the pressures of life to come upon us so that he can, so that he can show himself strong on our behalf over in the book of Deuteronomy, where we were just recently. You'll find the statement in chapter 8, Remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart. And he humbled thee and allowed thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, in order that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He allowed thee to hunger. 
Now, there's a great deal wrapped up in a, a, a statement like that. You take a, a million people in the desert, and they've run out of food. The babies are crying, and uh, the nursing mothers sense that the supply of milk that they can give to their little babies is diminishing. And uh, fathers are just raging with with impotent uh, concern over the fact that there isn't any food and no place to go and get it. You can just see a situation like that. And uh, at that point, it said, he allowed thee to hunger, and then it says, he fed thee. So today, I'm talking to somebody who's under pressure, probably. You've got plenty on you. And you say, why should this happen to me? Well, the first thing to say is join the group. You and I are no different from anyone else. Paul said we would not have you ignorant of our trouble that came to us in Asia, how that we were uh, pressed out of measure. That means I was getting more than my own share. Above strength, that means I was getting more than I could bear. In so much we despaired even of of life. He said, I got so much that I began to say, if I get any more, it'll kill me. But he said, we had the answer, not in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. So if you feel today that you're getting more than your share and more than you can stand, well, join the group. All the rest of us have to face situations like that from time to time, and we do by the grace of God. But do remember, beloved, the pressure and the sense of need are all calculated to turn you to God. They're all planned to bring you to your knees in worship and in love and in surrender and finally in praise. That's what the pressure's for. God isn't out to hurt you. He isn't a sadistic God that delights in punishing you. He's a loving Heavenly Father, whom the Lord loveth, it says, he chasteneth. And it's out of love that God allows these situations that sometimes bring tears to my eyes or frustration to my heart. It's only that I might turn to him and say, Abba, Father, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Would you remember that today, dear one? God loves you. And the pressure you feel is not something that is adverse, not something that has come because God has forgotten you. It's not the result of God's anger. Some, somebody wrote me the other day and said, I did so and so and so when I was young. And are the things that are happening now because God is angry at me? Oh, no. No, God loves you and he's not angry with you. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And so you can depend upon God's love and you can depend upon his perfect purpose. And you can be very sure of this, that when you sense the pressures of life coming on you, they're simply God's gentle way of turning you to himself. Now with that as a background, look with me now at the opening verses of Psalm 107. And remember that these these sections hold together based on the on the two expressions that I gave you. Then they cried, and oh that men would praise the Lord. Okay? He says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Stop here long enough to remark that you and I are candidates for mercy. Don't ask for your just deserts. If you got what you deserved, you and I would be in hell. Ask for mercy. 
His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And he gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses, and he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. We see in this passage the picture of human frustration and the chronic lonesomeness that there is in the soul until you find rest in God. They wandered. That's the first thing. They solitary way. That's the second thing. They found no city to dwell in. That's the third thing. Hungry and thirsty, that's the next thing, and their soul fainted in them, that's next. You want to talk about that just for a moment? What is the typical human experience? First of all, it's wandering. Uh, You may be ever so purposeful in terms of your career, but when I sit down and talk with you, apart from a consciousness of the will of God... I find that you're wandering, wandering spiritually, wandering in terms of your personality development, wandering in terms of the the ultimate goals of your life. I say to someone, what, what is your goal? He says, I want to make a million dollars. What then? Well, then I want to make another million. What then? Well, then I might want to run for uh, political office. What then? Well, then I might want to run for a larger and more responsible political position like the Senate or whatever. What then? Well, I suppose by then I might be eligible for a judgeship. What then? Well, I suppose by that time I'd be getting on in years, and I'd have to retire. What then? Well, I suppose I'd just sort of wind down and, and enjoy my leisure. What then? Well, I suppose I'd have to die. What then? And then there's a silence. Because the average person's life is a, is a series of wanderings from one situation to another. Is that true of you, beloved? Well, it need not be true. It doesn't have to be that way. Let me tell you, frankly, you don't have to live a life of aimless wandering from one crisis to another, from one challenge to another, from one job to another, from one series of hopes and dreams to another, from one marriage to another. You don't have to be a wanderer says later on, he led them forth by the right way. God can start your life out in terms of the proper direction. You don't have to wander. And it says they wandered in a solitary way. Lonesome. Lonesome. There is a loneliness about a life that has not found fulfillment in God that is almost indescribable. Those of you who've lived a while know that you can be very lonesome even in a crowd. You go down to Times Square on New Year's Eve and you're there with a million people, more or less, being jostled about. Everybody is is uh, either genuinely or artificially happy. And you are with with other human beings by the multiplied thousands. How do you feel about it? Well, inevitably, you're going to feel very much alone. Why? Well, because that's just the way the human spirit is. 
Your soul is restless until it finds rest in God. There is a God-shaped vacuum, someone has said, in your heart. And it will only be satisfied when that God-shaped vacuum is filled with the person for whom it was made, the Lord Jesus Christ. Solitary, lonesome. I'm talking to someone who is incredibly lonely this minute. And you say, nobody understands and nobody cares, and you're probably more than half right. For people are generally taken up with their own concerns and their own troubles, aren't they? But Jesus knows and Jesus cares, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you, the Bible says. And so today, if you feel that awful lonesomeness in your soul, turn to God. Talk to your heavenly Father and let him talk to you by his Holy Spirit and through his written word. You'll be surprised at how the loneliness goes away and you get a sense of well-being and a sense of direction and a sense of fellowship with the one who cares about you. Dear Father, today, fill that lonesome place in our hearts. Amen. Until I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.